Last week, it was Warren Buffett. The legendary investor had warned the public to, that this banking crisis it wasn't over by a long shot. In fact, he wasn't just warning the public. He admitted to selling bank stocks that he had owned for decades. That's how sure he is there is more yet to come. Of course, that opinion is widely shared across the global marketplace where these esoteric curves that we've been watching and talking about, these collateral indications that too frequently suggest gross dysfunction, obviously those agree with Mr. Buffett. They had forecast and warned about a serious outbreak of deflationary money. Lo and behold, we got such a serious outbreak of deflationary money, it put the topic of the banking system onto the public discourse for the first time in 15 years. And like Mr. Buffett, these curves are telling us that there is more still to come. Now the markets and Mr. Buffett are now been joined by another prominent voice who has said, yeah, there is more serious global danger to the banking system. Just this week, Elon Musk sat down with, I think Tucker Carlson at Fox News, and he had this to say about it. We have a situation where it's not merely, it's not the canary in the coal mine has died, but the miners are starting to die too. Silicon Valley Bank collapsing overnight is one hell of a big canary. I think that there is a serious danger with the global banking system. Now, Musk went on to talk about commercial real estate for quite obvious reasons, because as a lot of people have realized, commercial real estate was one of the most distorted asset classes over the last couple years. Distorted by all the stuff that happened in 2020 and 2021. The government came in and said, we're shutting down the economy because of pandemic and overreaction, all that kind of stuff. And then they said, well, we're going to fix it, or we're going to try to fix it by just throwing everything we possibly can at the problem. I'm not talking about the Federal Reserve, I'm talking about the federal government here. And by increasing aggregate demand, like Keynesian economists always demand, not caring about what kind of demand, whether it's organic, whether it's for economic reasons, just increasing aggregate demand in the vain hope that we won't make, we, we can't let everything just slide off the, uh, off the edge of a cliff. We need to save everything before it becomes something like the Great Depression of the 1930s. So they did all of this stuff. They distorted asset classes. They created a tremendous wave of buying that's led to massive distortions, not just in the United States, all across the economy, in the monetary system. Remember, Silicon Valley Bank and U.S. regional banks were a huge beneficiary of deposit li liabilities during that period, thinking these were going to be a permanent increase in money, banking, and everything else, when instead it was a distortion. And as I said, commercial real estate was among those most distorted asset classes. And well, wouldn't you know it, U.S. regional banks are heavily exposed to commercial real estate, biggest supporter of that sector. We have not just office space that's lying vacant, how many warehouses have been built expecting that the global goods surge that were created by this Uncle Sam aggregate demand distortion was going to be permanent too. We haven't yet had a reckoning because you always get a reckoning whenever there is such huge imbalances, huge inorganic, non-economic imbalances introduced into the economy. So money, finance, as well as real economic problems. And as, as Elon Musk continued, we really haven't seen the commercial real estate shoe drop. That's more like anvil, not a shoe. The stuff that we've seen thus far actually hasn't even it's only slightly real estate portfolio degradation that would become a very serious thing later this year, in my view. 
And as investors and depositors and wholesale markets realize that it's not just U.S. regional banks and commercial real estate, there's a whole global shakeout that is due because of this worldwide distortion the last couple of years that's going to lead to major problems. As Musk said, serious danger with the global banking system. But then, but then he said something that just, it's understandable why he said it, but then it, it just makes you shake your head. He said, inflation is going to happen no matter what. And he said that while blaming governments for correct and correctly identifying this distortions, the distortion over the last couple of years. Now we have deflationary money, deflationary tendencies, and deflationary economic outlook all across the markets as well as in the banking system too. It never was inflation. Those were only distortions. And now they're starting to have an impact, such a great impact that everyone's actually talking about, including not just Elon Musk and Warren Buffett, but just the regular people on the street. So what's going on with the deflationary money? We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, Eurodollar University memberships available, exclusive content, where in the basic series that I just put out, we went through some of the details and definitions. What is inflation? What is deflation? How do they differ? How, what are the different forms of consumer price increases as well as consumer price decreases? That's available to Eurodollar University members along with a lot of other stuff about backgrounds and money and detail, monetary details, uh, research subscriptions available, daily briefing I do, partnership with marketsinsiderpro.com, as well as the daily deep dive analysis, diving deep into all of these things, but especially deflationary money in the banking crisis today and the economic fallout and spillovers from it. All the information available at eurodollar.university. The destruction of money, not the creation of money. That's deflation. Deflation is where, at the very least, the monetary system does not grow as fast as demand for money, legitimate demand for money, is seeking it. So if we have a restraint on the monetary supply, that leads to an imbalance where, among other things, it could lead to certain some of, some of the more poorly run banking institutions being exposed as being poorly run. When the tide of money goes out, the deflationary tide of money goes out, it exposes those who are swimming naked. We've already seen a few of those. And now we expect that, if not necessarily massive a massive wave of failures, at the very least, we see the economic system continue to, the monetary system, excuse me, to continue to pull back, creating all sorts of distortions in financial markets, volatility, turbulence, whatever qualifier you want to use, as well as really take, taking the hammer and hitting hard the real economy. A lot of it has to do with, in the current, in the current situation, those distortions in 2020 and 2021. Here's what Musk said about those. As the old saying goes, there's no free lunch. So if you could just issue massive amounts of money without negative consequences, why don't we just take that to the limit, make everyone a trillionaire? They tried that in Venezuela. How did that work out? So what he's saying is helicopter money led to a whole bunch of bad things, including what he says is inflation. And now that inflation is taking hold, apparently, according to Musk, that's going to lead to continued inflation, just like Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve says and the FOMC is most afraid of. But that's not what we're seeing at all. Bank failures don't associate with necessarily inflationary periods, especially where there's lots of money. 
Now, while banks did fail in the 1970s, they don't fail in this particular fashion. They don't become deflationary money that we see priced into the marketplace. We had inflationary money in the 1970s. We've got deflationary money in the, 19, in, the, in, 19, in the 2020s, as we did in the 2010s, which tells us that it's not too much money. That's not the distortion that took place in 2020 and 2021. The federal government went into the treasury market, borrowed tons of cash, more cash than we can even think of, and then just threw it at the global economy. That's the distortion wasn't money printing, it was redistribution. And it was redistribution for all the wrong reasons. It was redistribution because maybe the government felt bad for breaking the economy, uh, overreacting to the pandemic. It was redistribution because of politics, because of it's always politics. It was for one thing, well, one thing it wasn't was redistribution for the right reasons, which would have been economics and sustainable activity. And when you distort the economy by redistributing in all of these non-economic ways, eventually you have to pay for it. And as I said in the opening, that included distortions in the monetary system itself. As cash has migrated away from regional U.S. banks, it has exposed their balance sheets. But the question is, why isn't remigrating and recirculating elsewhere? That's really where the deflation comes in. And that's where the global banking danger is going to be throughout the rest of this year. But in the real economy, in the real economy, it's never been inflation more. It's, it's, it's really about cost increases, not inflation for that's legitimate monetary inflation. But again, the after effect of the supply shock, the redistribution, the increase in the price of oil, for example, for because uh, oil supplies have been constrained, con continuously constrained throughout the last several years. That's not inflation. That's that's something else entirely. And you give an example of that. Um, trucking firm J.B. Hunt Transport Services reported their earnings just recently, and on their on their um, on their investor call, it was Shelley Simpson, the president of the firm, who said, "You know, we've got." We got what seem to be contradictions here. We've got we've got inflation in our cost structure, but we've got deflation in prices, and we've got a freight recession. Here's what he said: To start, we're in a challenging freight environment where there is a deflationary price pressure for an industry that continues to face inflationary cost pressures. Simply stated, we're in a freight recession, but it's not that simple. The freight recession is the lack of demand that is coming about because of the distortions, as is the, the uh, what does he say, the uh, continue to face inflationary cost pressures at the same time we have deflationary price pressures. In other words, the input costs for this trucking firm, they're continue to go up or they continue to stay high. Among those would be, of course, oil and fuel. At the same time, though, demand for trucking and freight services is falling off, which has led to deflationary prices. Why is there deflationary prices? Simply put, there are too many trucking firms out there. There's too much capacity for the given level of demand. And when there's more firms than there is demand, those firms have to compete for what little demand there is. What, the, what little demand there is. So even though cost pressures are rising, they're rising because all of these firms are still in business. All of these firms are still gassing up trucks and trying to compete for demand, keeping workers, uh, keeping workers on their payrolls that maybe they don't actually need in the hopes that this freight recession turns around. But the deflationary prices among these trucking firms 
is a window into the future for the entire economy because in the situation where things are oversupplied and they are oversupplied because of those 2020 and 2021 distortions, everybody believing that that represented a permanent recovery, a permanent plateau of prosperity when it wasn't, now truckers, trucking supply is oversupplied, prices have to adjust. Prices adjust, prices fall until what happens? Eventually prices are gonna fall too far where firms are going to have to go out of business. First, they're going to have to start laying off workers, but then they're going to have to go out of business because there just isn't enough demand. That's not inflation. That is deflation actually working its way into the real economy. And it's deflation that is brought about by, again, distortions. The worst Ds of all. Distortions, deflation, dare I say, depression. So here, right here in this one instant, you can see how it's, it looks like inflation, as Elon Musk was alluding to, cost pressures rising, but it's actually deflation because the output prices, the prices that are charged to the public or to the end users is going down. And as it continues to go down and stay down, it's going to lead to the worst part of deflation, which is snap destruction, demand destruction in the real economy, mass layoffs, firms going out of business, uh, going out of business. And as layoffs and firms go out of business, what happens to say poorly run banks? Mm. Suddenly they become an issue too. This is not just overcapacity in trucking. There's also overcapacity, as we just said, in commercial real estate. There'll be a shakeout, deflationary shakeout there too. That's what the curves are saying. That's what the monetary system is saying. Why do you think collateral, the best quality collateral, is in such high demand. We have overcapacity because of the distortions of 2020 and 2021. It's not just in trucking, it's not just in US commercial real estate, we saw it yesterday in China. China's economic numbers included industrial production, which was, what was it, 3.9% year over year in March? That's a horrible number. China's supposed to be booming, reopening. All that's 3.9% was you know, there was a time when we thought 8% industrial production was recession, global recession. Now we're 3.9% is reopening. That's, that's nowhere near. Uh, maybe the more alarming number, especially considering what we're talking about with overcapacity and deflationary potential, China's industrial capacity fell, fell in March when it was supposed to be reopening and booming, all this stuff. China's industrial capacity fell to 74.3%. That's an enormous drop. That's deflationary, that's overcapacity. That's going to lead to prices declining over the months ahead. That's the lowest in China since March of 2020, and it's getting close to the lows of 2016, which for China, and for the rest of the world for that matter, not a very good situation. Certainly not one that is inflationary, because that's not what we have here. We don't have an inflationary situation. We have a deflationary outbreak that is, beginning, that is getting worse and worse and worse, not just in terms of the monetary system and the banking system to the point that we have billionaires and the media and even just the regular public talking about banks in the way that we haven't in, in uh, 15 years. We also see signs in the monetary system itself breaking down, flight to safety, for lack of a better term, not just in treasury bills, but all sorts of issues. They're telling you, deflationary money, deflationary money. The banking crisis is continuing because of the deflation, because of the distortions of the last couple of years. 
And as overcapacity becomes more and more and more exposed, it leads to even more deflationary potential, which gets us to where these curves are. There was never an episode of money printing. There was never anything other than harmful redistribution. And eventually, at some point, like blowing up a balloon, eventually it has to come back down to its normal to its its baseline underlying economic potential and if that economic potential is a lot less than what we thought it was if it, the economic potential was actually harmed by the pandemic and restrictions and the overreactions and the lockdowns and everything in 2020 and in 2021 imagine that then the deflationary outbreak outbreak would be even worse than it would be otherwise we have to eventually pay for all those distortions over the last couple of years, not in inflation, but in eventual deflation. And we're already seeing the symptoms of that deflation all over the place. And they're only going to get worse as the year progresses. But they don't get worse all at once. It's not a continuous single straight line into from one, one extreme to the other. It's always an ebb and flow, a back and forth. It fluctuates. It's a progression. It's incremental. So last month was maybe the, the opening chapter in the outright deflationary story that is quite a lot left to be written. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you to Eurodollar University members and our research subscribers. And until next time, Take care.